According to 2019 data from the CDC, less than 1% of abortions that occur in the United States happens after 21 weeks. After January 1st of this year, reproductive health policy organization, the Guttmacher Institute, reports that 43 states prohibit abortions after a specified point in pregnancy. Closer to home, and also on January 1st, New Hampshire's new abortion law went into effect, prohibiting the procedure at 24 weeks. Governor Chris Sununu included this in the state's budget, while also signing into law that the state cannot allocate family planning funds to organizations that provide abortion services beyond cases of life endangerment, rape, or incest. Welcome to And Another Thing. I'm Dara Kennedy. And I'm Maya Schwader. Since the governor signed the law, Sununu spokespeople have insisted that the governor does support abortion rights. We did reach out to the governor for comment, but he did not respond. In addition to the 24-week ban, if you are a health care provider who does perform an abortion after 24 weeks, you could be charged with a felony and face a fine between $10,000 and $100,000. One of the only exceptions is if the woman's life is at stake. The Centers for Disease Control reports that close to 93% of abortions take place before 13 weeks, but as our next guest explains, those who do need the procedure at a later stage are not doing so lightly. Joining us is Dr. Ilana Cass. She is the chair of obstetrics and gynecology at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, which is the only health care provider in New Hampshire that performs abortions after 24 weeks. Dr. Cass, thank you so much for your time. We know that, uh, from as per the CDC data, abortion at later stages of pregnancy is rare. What are some of the reasons a person might need an abortion after 24 weeks? Dr. Cass, do we have you? I'm not the New Hampshire abortion ban is being hotly debated with a particular focus now on repealing the new ultrasound mandate. Those screenings are now mandatory for all women, even those within the legal time frames prior to receiving an abortion. Walt Stapleton, New Hampshire representative for Claremont and one of the most vocal supporters of the abortion bills, further explains. Representative Stapleton, thank you for joining us uh, here on And Another Thing. Let's start with the Fetal Life Protection Act that has gone into effect just a few days ago already. How do you think this bill actually helps the women uh, residents of New Hampshire? We need to have some reasonable um, laws and uh, rules relative to um, how we conduct this health issue in uh, 1997 that we uh, repealed all of the standing abortion laws and uh, the only one left is the um, born alive uh, protection act we need to have some reasonable controls because um, with planned parenthood versus casey uh, the decision said that the state has a reasonable and valid interest in preserving the life of the fetus because these are um, future citizens and having unrestricted abortion flies in the face of a reasonable um, protection uh, of life you know we have since 1973 the the account um, is like 62 million abortions since Roe v. Wade in, in 1972, 73. And we're a population of 340 million. 
um, we basically eliminated uh, a third of potential citizen population people um, by by destruction of life in the womb through abortion. That's horrendous. I had written the bill um, HB 622 that didn't pass, um, but that was um, uh, on a viability standard uh, from uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And my thought was is to give um, some latitude there for viability anywhere between you know 22 and 26, 28 weeks. A lot of folks find that not workable and a, a definite uh, standard is uh, more workable. And so the Fetal Life Protection Act honed in on the 24 weeks. How do you prove that? Well, you prove that by um, mandating that uh, the provider determines what the uh, gestational age is. And that is done um, with the tool that has become very popular and very useful, the ultrasound. Now, the interpretation, the misinterpretation was that it applied for all abortions. But if you look at the penalty section of the, of the statute, it expressly states that they're only interested in making sure that the, the provider doesn't go into the 24th week to perform abortion. How does he do that at that close? Is by the ultrasound. There seems to be some confusion here, actually a point of contention. Uh, you're saying that the language reads that the ultrasound does not have to be vaginal, uh, that it could be essentially over the belly, uh, and uh, activists or Planned Parenthood is, is actually saying that that's quite an invasive process for someone that decides they want to have an abortion, and the law is reading, if you want to have an abortion, the ultrasound is a mandate. How is that fair? Uh, the, the ultrasound is not a prescription for a procedure. It's a mandate by virtue of the penalty section of the statute. That says if you conduct, uh, perform an abortion at 24 weeks or later, then you'll be guilty of a class B felony. And I believe it serves as a proof to the provider when they do perform an abortion that late or around that period of the 24 weeks that they're clearly on the legal side and not on the illegal side at 24 uh, weeks or more. Governor Sununu has added this to the budget for the state of New Hampshire. The procedure also carries 400 to $500 in expense for uninsured women and co-pays for insurance. So now the insurance companies are in the middle of this, this debate or this fight around women's health. I don't see any of those civil um, monetary um, mentions that you, you've cited within the, within the law, uh, within the penalty section. Um, it's up to insurance companies to what extent they want to cover under programs that are authorized um, for uh, for these abortions and for any other uh, health issue. Six months is a long time, and um, they should be able to to make the decision, appropriate decisions during that period, which is uh, quite reasonable compared to other um, abortion restriction laws in the country. And, and that the, the and as a matter of fact, Dobbs uh, 
versus uh, J Jackson uh, Women's Health uh, Center, now before the Supreme Court. Uh, that's a 15-week. Um, there, the Texas is uh, what six or eight weeks. So, in in context of what's happening nationally, uh, New Hampshire's law is very reasonable. And the fee that I mentioned. Are you concerned that women of New Hampshire may flee the state to go elsewhere and have these procedures uh, handled? I don't think so. I don't think our law is restrictive enough to. Uh, initiate that sort of a uh, travel action. Um, again, six months to make a decision, that's a lot of time, and you don't want to wait uh, to uh, the 24th week and then try to rush it a week before. Um, you mentioned ultrasound cost. Uh, did you say four or $500? Well, you know, you know, that's a cost of doing business. Representative Walt Stapleton, Republican from Claremont, New Hampshire, thank you so much for joining us on this topic here on And Another Thing. Okay, thank you. We are joined again now by Dr. Ilana Cass, the Chair of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. Dr. Cass, thank you for your time. What are some reasons a person may need an abortion after 24 weeks, even if we know that this is fairly rare? Certainly, Maya. So one of the reasons that uh, the principal reason that a woman would have seek a tr pregnancy termination after 24 weeks would be uh, some fetal congenital anomaly, so something that is disastrously wrong with the pregnancy that will effectively result in the uh, the fetus uh, not being able to live outside of the uterus once it is born. Um, this can be the brain, the kidneys, and unfortunately these are conditions which in some cases we can't really reliably diagnose or detect until a woman is at a more advanced gestational age. Um, in some cases, uh, just you know, access to healthcare being what it is, a woman may struggle to get an ultrasound and have the diagnosis confirmed and established. So, the vast majority of these conditions of, of the reason a woman would seek a termination after 24 weeks would be something to, fundamentally and and really lethal about the pregnancy uh, itself. So the law in question does make an exemption for the health of the mother. Mm -hmm. Are there cases, let me see how I can put this, where a patient could get to 24 weeks and they might medically need an abortion, but if they don't get one, they would be theoretically physically fine? Uh, so let me make sure that I understand you. Mm -hmm. so, a, so a woman would, so, so not a risk to the mother? Correct. At, but, but after 24 weeks, there would be a risk? Yes, correct. Is that is that such a case, or or would a person always, almost always, need to get an abortion after twenty four weeks because their health would be at risk? Right. So sometimes there can be conditions in which um, the the danger to the mother's health doesn't manifest until after twenty four weeks, uh, because of course pregnancy is an evolving process. Uh, so most likely the scenario would be, as I've said, something, uh, some congenital anomaly, which would, which is uniformly lethal to the fetus. Um, in rare conditions, there may be an indication where the mother's health, her actual life, is at risk and at danger if she continues to carry the pregnancy. So because of this law, has your department now completely shut down any procedures happening after 24 weeks? That's correct. We can no longer, according to the law, uh, we can no longer um, provide that, that, that um, procedure uh, for our patients. 
So what are you advising patients to do these days? So what we have to do when we have this scenario arise is we have to partner with other states in which these laws are not as restrictive. Um, I will also point out that New Hampshire, not only um, the, the only condition in which this is um, allowed now in the state of New Hampshire, um, as, as you know, is, is maternal, um, the mother's life, um, but circumstances regarding incest and rape are also not considered valid um, reasons to have, an, uh, have a ter- pregnancy termination. And so we would be sending those patients to neighboring states where those, um, those restrictions do not apply. Dr. Ilana Cass is the chair of obstetrics and gynecology at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Maya. Representative Stapleton mentioned our country's fluctuating abortion laws dating back to Roe v. Wade in 1973, but has abortion always been this controversial in New Hampshire? After the break, we learn of the state's history with a woman's right to choose, and Planned Parenthood explains how these laws affect all of us in the region. You're listening to And Another Thing. Welcome back to And Another Thing with Derek Kennedy. I'm Maya Schwader. Today we're examining the new restrictions on abortion that have come into force in New Hampshire as of January 1st. Seems like we're still stuck in the 2020 elections, but spoiler alert, they've all been completed. While these polls have closed, many hotly debated topics have spilled over to this year's midterm elections, forcing politicians to find just the right words on the campaign trail to win your vote. You may not live in Mississippi, Texas, or even New Hampshire, but if the Supreme Court rolls back 30 years of abortion rights, what kind of backlash could politicians face at the ballot box in November? After 18 years serving the people of New Hampshire, former Senator Betty Lasky has a front seat to the changing laws and explains today's consequences. I've been fighting for women's rights my entire life, and just when you think it's safe to come out of the water it just never is i'm devastated we my term my time in the legislature as you said 18 years every year we would get pushback and we would get bills introduced that would restrict uh, abortion rights or you know women's freedom to choose in in a, a myriad of ways but with the bipartisan uh, group, we were always able to fight them back. Um, in those, during those years, we also had the governor. What they did with this bill, particularly, you know, the um, the 24-week uh, exception, is um, is 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 really disheartening. Uh, they attached it to the uh, budget bill, which it should have been a standalone bill. And the governor said it passed. The governor said he signed it. He says he is pro-choice, but he said he signed it because he didn't want to hold up the budget. Well, you know, it's nevertheless, as of January 1st, it became law. This is a midterm election year. This is a very important year for politicians and those campaigning. Mm -hmm. What do you think the fallout from this bill will be on the politicians as they look for votes to the ballot? Well, I think as a woman in the state of New Hampshire and having served as long as as I did, uh, I believe the women of New Hampshire have always been pro-choice. 
I do believe the women of the state of New Hampshire, once they find out what this actually is and the penalties and how it does restrict their freedom of choice, that they would not be happy and would vote accordingly. Elections have consequences. I would like to think we learned that in the um, 2016 election. And those consequences affect your daily life and affect your quality of life. And you have to be very careful uh, when you make those decisions about voting. Do you remember a time in New Hampshire law when, or just in New Hampshire politics, when this wasn't such a big deal? This It's essentially Roe v. Wade, right? The the right for women to choose. It's not always been a big deal in New Hampshire, yeah. has it? My daughters are prime example. Uh, you know, younger women take it for granted. You're right. They have always felt they can go about and, and they have the right to choose. It's a very different tenor now. I mean, I don't have to tell you how divided the country is and how, how you know, how much to the right, I believe, the ho- the House of Representatives in New Hampshire has gone. It will be election time and hopefully people will listen and hopefully they will be able to vote. That's another thing that's in jeopardy. And um, frankly, I'm, I'm worried. Betty Lasky, former New Hampshire senator and an 18 year politician. Thank you so much for joining us on and another thing. Well, thank you for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to talk with you and to get the message out. And uh, I hope this year will be a happy and a healthy one for everyone. Now, if abortion is an issue you follow, you may have noticed some dramatic action on this front in the past year around the country. Lawsuits involving newly enacted restrictions in Texas and Mississippi have made their way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Texas has banned abortion after six weeks of pregnancy and Mississippi after 15 So in comparison, 24 weeks in New Hampshire might seem liberal, but abortion rights activists are not happy. Our next guest is Kayla Montgomery. She is the vice president of public affairs for Planned Parenthood of Northern New England. Thank you so much for being here. Kayla, are we looking at a situation where this law passing in New Hampshire might inspire other abortion opponents across New England to take similar action? Sure. Uh, Well, thank you for having me this evening. Um, Yes, we already have seen uh, bills filed this year um, that would further restrict uh, abortion access in New Hampshire. We are seeing um, a Texas copycat ban, a six-week ban in New Hampshire, um, and just a a multitude multitude of other bills because some of these politicians feel emboldened by what's going on across the country. What is it about New Hampshire at this moment that was the right circumstances for a law like this to be signed? New Hampshire is has, has a reputation of being fairly libertarian. So g- give us some insight as to why now was the time. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. We have New Hampshire has traditionally had such a long bipartisan um, support of privacy, particularly when it comes to abortion rights and reproductive health. Um, so this really, it is surprising. It is uh, very much so goes against granted state values. We know that, too, because we've seen it in polls. We know that the 24-week abortion ban is deeply unpopular. Uh, banning abortion anywhere is deeply unpopular, um, but it's, it's unpopular here in New Hampshire, 24-week ban and mandatory ultrasound. So um, it, 
it's surprising because, again, we have this really long bipartisan history of protecting privacy, but um, elections have consequences. New New England is somewhat unique in that, you know, in the U.S., the states are rather small. So unlike in Texas, where a person might have to drive 10 hours to access abortion care, someone in New Hampshire might have to drive only you know, two or three into a neighboring state. Earlier in the program, we spoke with Dr. Ilana Cass at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, who said they are already having to refer patients to centers in other states for abortion care. Are you anticipating that the abortion care clinics in Vermont or Maine or Massachusetts might see an increase in patients and it might be, a, you know, f- fairly large? Well, you know, this abortion ban has only been in effect for 12 days. So, you know, only time will tell what sort of impact this law is going to have on our neighboring states. But we know that patients, as, as Dr. Cass said, we know that patients who can afford to leave New Hampshire and travel to another state to get the care they need, they will be able to do so. But in general, you know, people really shouldn't have to leave their home state and their local doctors in order to get this necessary health care, particularly during these really intense moments for women and families. You know, families who are in these circumstances, they need to have all options in front of them with their local doctor. And we in New Hampshire, we have some of the best doctors in the world. There is no reason that the state of New Hampshire should be sending patients out of state when the doctors right here in New Hampshire are trained to take care of them. Um, you know, and when it comes to what's going to happen in June with SCOTUS, mm-hmm. I know it's really indicative of a much larger picture about people having to leave their right. home communities to get the care that they need. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in June with SCOTUS, but it's likely. Kayla that, Montgomery, uh, I'm sorry, we're, we're going to have to leave it there. But thank you so much. Kayla Montgomery is the <laughs> vice president of public affairs for Planned Parenthood of Northern New England. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for And Another Thing today. You can reach us at nepm.org or at andanotherthing at nepm.org. Have a great evening.